This message comes from NPR sponsor Total Wine and More. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Live from NPR News, I'm Lakshmi Singh. President Biden is signing an executive order aimed at addressing violence by Israeli settlers that have targeted Palestinian civilians in the occupied West Bank. NPR's Tamara Keith reports initially four individuals will face sanctions. The White House has expressed increasing concern about violence against Palestinians in the West Bank led by Israeli settlers, especially in the aftermath of the October 7th Hamas attacks. At the National Prayer Breakfast, President Biden alluded to this. Not only do we pray for peace, we're actively working for peace, security, dignity, for the Israeli people and the Palestinian people. A senior administration official said one of the individuals who will be targeted for sanctions is blamed for initiating a riot, which involved setting vehicles and buildings on fire and resulted in the death of a Palestinian civilian. Tamara Keith, NPR News, the White House. Workers at a Hyundai plant in Alabama say they want a union. The United Auto Workers announced that more than 30 percent of the Hyundai workers in Montgomery signed union cards. Stephen Basaha of the Gulf States Newsroom has more. This Southern Union campaign is basically the sequel to the UAW strike and contract victory against the big three automakers last year. And the UAW sticking to a three-step plan. First is getting 30 percent of workers to sign union cards. A Volkswagen plant in Tennessee passed that mark in December. Then a Mercedes plant in Alabama reached that goal in January. Pro-union workers at Hyundai say they want the union's help to get better pay, flexible work hours, and more respect. The next step is reaching 50 percent. At that point, UAW President Sean Fain would come down for a rally. At 70 percent, the union would demand recognition or a union vote. The UAW says more than 10,000 non-unionized workers have signed cards over the past few months. For NPR News, I'm Stephen Basahan, Birmingham. Elon Musk is urging investors to switch Tesla's corporate in registration from Delaware to Texas, where the electric car maker is already physically based. Today, Musk wrote on the social media platform X, formerly Twitter, that Tesla will move immediately to hold a shareholder vote on the matter. Musk runs Tesla and X. He wants out of Delaware after a judge rejected his pay package worth $55.8 billion. Actor Alec Baldwin's pleaded not guilty to involuntary manslaughter in New Mexico. He maintains the gun he was holding on the set of his movie Rust more than two years ago misfired during rehearsal. The shot hit and killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins and injured the director. He waived an arraignment that was scheduled to take place through a video conference today. If convicted, Baldwin could get up to 18 months in prison. At last check on Wall Street, the Dow was up 153 points. This is NPR News. Some members of Congress are expressing optimism for bipartisan legislation that holds big tech companies accountable for abuses users experience on their social media platforms, hoping to build on momentum from yesterday's dramatic hearing where chief executives from major companies were grilled about their responses to reports of young people harmed online. Parent Rob Ronstein was at the hearing where he heard Meta's Mark Zuckerberg offer an apology following a heated exchange with a Republican lawmaker. To paraphrase, I'm sorry for what you're feeling. I'm sorry for what you're going through. That That's that's not an apology. I, I, it's, it's certainly not the apology that was appropriate. It wasn't genuine. It was forced with TV cameras rolling. I get that it's a moment that's going viral and it will be the soundbite. 
but let's read the words carefully, and I have several times, and it is most definitely not an apology. The WHO has released new statistics highlighting a, quote, striking inequity in the burden that cancer is imposing in low-income countries. Here's NPR's Nareet Eisenman. The statistics come from a biennial report produced by the WHO's Cancer Agency, and the data paint a particularly grim picture when it comes to breast cancer. Compared to women in wealthy countries, those in low-income nations are 50% less likely to be diagnosed with the disease, yet they face a much higher risk of dying from it because of late diagnoses and lack of access to treatment. The result? In the highest-income nations, an estimated 1 in 71 women die of breast cancer. In the lowest-income ones, one in 48 women die of it. A survey by the agency also found huge disparities in access to treatment for lung cancer. Nareet Eisenman reporting. It's NPR.